Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Civil discord. Civil discourse. Our topic today is dealing with people on issues and topics on which you disagree and have strong disagreement. You know, the other day I was having a conversation with a young lady, and we were moving along in the conversation. It was an interesting topic, and... um, Seem to be making very good progress and making a good uh, good conversation between us. All of a sudden, out of the blue, she made some remark, and it was an anti-Trump uh, remark, and just went on and on and on for about five minutes nonstop. And in her discourse, <laughs> indicated that she was one of the women who cried for three days after Trump was elected. And she proceeded to uh, give all of her uh, anger and uh, disagreement, you know, as part of her statement there for over five minutes in length. I just sat there and listened. Kind of took me by surprise because this wasn't our topic of discussion. It wasn't political in any way. Anyway. But we must have said something, and we must have, in the course of our conversation, come to a topic that just triggered her to feel so angry and that she had to express it. And express it she did. So we proceeded on for about 15 minutes before the conversation could be brought to some kind of a resolution and some kind of a peaceful end. But it took time. It took patience, and it took a certain degree of skill on my part to learn how to to help her process what she was trying to say and not aggravate her further on the particular topic. And there are ways to do that. It's called the LORA, L-A-R-A, the LORA Method. I'm going to tell you about the LORA Method in a minute. But here are some factors that you need to consider when you're dealing with people who have very, very strong opinions on some topic, whether you agree or disagree, but particularly if you disagree. How do you handle people who uh, are so definite and so pronounced in their opinions and their feelings and their ideas on certain topics? could be political, sure, but it could be religious, another hot-button topic. Or it could be a kind of some kind of a social issue, social justice issue. Racial uh, matters could certainly fall into that category. There are many, many different topics that are very, very prone to disagreement or to difference of opinions between people. And what do you do when you deal with people who have a sharply different point of view than yours? and want to take that opportunity when they're talking to you to tell you their opinion and to voice their opinion. Not necessarily to learn what your opinion is. And that's number one. You have to remember that. Many, many times in very hot-button topics, people are one-point-oriented. They want you to hear their point of view. They do not want to learn your point of view. In fact, they're not even asking those kind of questions. So don't enter into that arena. Don't open that door. 
Don't tell them your point of view. Don't wait for the opportunity to voice your point of view. Just be there to listen to their point of view because that's really all they want from the conversation anyway. And when you listen, it may take five minutes, may take ten minutes, but it probably would be time well spent to just listen and let them voice their point of view, whatever it is on the topic. The more controversial, the more likely. They just want to preach to you, lecture to you, just pour out to you their soul and their mind and their attitudes and their feelings and their biases. They want you to hear them. Not necessarily that you will agree with them. They probably know that you will not necessarily agree with them. That's not the issue. The issue they need to just vent. They need to just tell someone. They've been waiting for somebody to come along that they can tell. And you're the person. So just sit there, listen attentively, respectfully. Okay? That's number one, okay? Number two is, remember there are unconscious biases. Just kind of remember that. Here's what an unconscious bias is. You know, we as a child, in our, in our childhood, we were raised to believe certain kind of things. We were raised to believe that there are certain truths. There are certain values. There are certain ethics. There are certain ways of treating people. There are certain ways of thinking about things. In the area of religious thought, yeah, you were raised to be Protestant. You were raised to be Catholic. You were raised to be Jewish. And all the various values and points of view within those positions... If you were raised in a home that was democratic, you were raised to think a certain way. If you were raised to be independent or to be Republican, you were raised to think certain ways. You heard uh, values being expressed. You, you heard opinions being expressed, points of view being expressed. In fact, you might even been taught the way of thinking as a Democrat, the way of thinking as an independent, if you will. In other words, as part of your childhood, you were just enmeshed in a certain belief system on a variety of topics, religious, political, social, and so on. Now, that necessarily is a bias. It just it says that you learned a particular principle. You learned a particular way of thinking. You learned a way, a particular way of approaching certain topics and certain issues of our society. That's how you, that's how you were taught. That's how you were raised. You were learned to think a certain way. Not necessarily was that a bias, it was just that was the way your parents or your teachers or whomever thought and taught you to think likewise. Well, we consider that to be kind of an unconscious bias, but really what it is, it's kind of an unconscious learned way of thinking, a learned way of speaking, a learned way of addressing certain issues and topics. And I guess you can call that a bias or a particular point of view, a particular preference, if you will. We have a preference to think. Uh, in the kind of the Catholic motif or the Catholic way of thinking. We have, we have been taught to think in the way of Protestant thinking. And over the years, we've adopted certain words, we've adopted certain ways of expressing ourselves, certain ways of affirming points of view, expressing points of view, understanding points of view, and so on. That's called an unconscious bias. It's a preference. It's a way of thinking. It's learned behavior. It's learned thinking. It's learned talking. It's learned communication. It's learned opinions. 
That's what an unconscious bias is all about. Now, we shouldn't have an unconscious. We should know what we think. We should know how we came to that point of view, how we think differently from somebody else. Whether you want to call it a bias or a preference or just a way of thinking. You learn to think a certain way. It shouldn't be unconscious. It just means that you think that way naturally. That's your first approach to understanding a particular topic. That's what an unconscious bias is all about. It's your position. It's the way you think before you make a decision, before you take action. Now, there's another point that you need to understand. We call that listening. Now, there's two ways of listening. This is very, very important. There are two ways of listening. In argument, people listen to respond. People listen to react. That's really what goes on in an argument. And in most political arguments, religious arguments, people are not listening to understand. They're listening to, to that point where they can then respond or react. And it becomes an argument. It becomes a debate. It goes beyond a mere discussion. It goes into emotional talk. So there's a difference, if you will, in trying to listen to someone else. If you're listening to respond, if you're listening to react, you're approaching the argument, or you're approaching the discussion argumentatively. You're approaching it as an argument or a potential argument. But really what is important here is that you listen to understand. You listen to understand the other person. What do they really think? Why did they think that way? How did they come to think that way? What were the factors that led them to think that particular way? Why do they agree with that way of thinking, that way of, of uh, approaching a particular topic? You need to just understand that. Why did this lady cry for three days after Trump was elected? It wasn't my point of view to argue with her that she should have cried or should not have cried or wasn't worth crying about or, you know, whatever. But it was very worthwhile to listen to the thinking in back of that as to situations in which she cries, situations in which she cries similar to the one that she cried about when Trump was elected. Why do people cry? What's the value of that? What's the advantage of that? What do they get from that? What's the purpose of that? What was the outcome of that? Try to understand the issue that they're talking about, not argue with it, but listen to the point that you understand. And listening means you shut your mouth and, and just listen. But you listen attentively. You listen uh, with respect. You listen with, you listen with openness. Because what your goal is to understand how that person came to think that way. How that person came to believe in those particular beliefs. How that person comes to espouse a particular point of view and behave in a certain way and to have a certain attitude. You just want to know. You want to learn. You want to understand. That's the motive. Okay? Don't listen to respond or don't listen to react. You see that on television all the time. You see that when people interview each other all the time. They're listening so they get a point of view in. They're just trying to debate and trying to argue and they're trying to do one-upmanship, one over the other. That's not listening to understand. Listening to understand is there is no debate. There is listening and reflection. There's listening and being thought, thoughtful, be thought provocative, if you will. 
Okay, that's very important. How do you listen and why do you listen and how do you bring about that listening behavior so that you understand at the end of a conversation, not enter into a deeper and deeper level of debate? Now, a minute ago I said, you have to understand the Laura method when you deal with people who have different points of view because you approach these kind of conflict and these civil discourse discussions from a point of view of what is referred to as the Laura method. Actually, it was invented or created by Bonnie Tinker. Bonnie Tinker was an American Quaker, and she was a social activist, and she taught people how to socially relate to each other, how to engage in each, with each other, how to have discourse and dialogue with each other so that it's productive and it's understanding rather than debating. So here's the Laura method. You start out with the letter L. And it says this, Listen behind the words until you can hear how a person of principle could possibly hold the view being expressed. Very important. Listen behind the words. What's in back of the words? What's the history of those words which lead that person to hold that particular point of view? Listen as to how that view came about, what the history of it is, what the learning background of that is. And then you listen until your heart understands how what they are saying connects to something you believe in to be true. And don't say anything further until you've heard this. And that's really the critical issue of the letter L. Listen until your heart understands how what they are saying connects to something that you believe to be true. In other words, there's common ground there somewhere. There is somewhere that whatever they say there's something that you also believe to be true. And you're listening for that point. That's the issue that you're trying to get to. And let them talk until they express something that you can agree with or seems to be in part with something that you also believe and accept as true. But find out how they came to that point of view. What in the world was in back of it? Okay? Here's an example. Many, many people do not like President Trump. We know that. Many people find him arrogant, distant, disingenuous, and so on. You know, if you come from a background where your father was arrogant, hostile, violent, disregarded you, very self-centered, disingenuous, you know, and so on. If you come from a background where your father was like that, you probably are not going to have very good feelings about a president if he holds those same kind of personality traits and behavioral patterns. In other words, there's something in the back of it. People tend to not like somebody because they remind you of somebody else in your past that you didn't like and you had hostile relationships with, or unpleasant, unfortunate relationships, maybe abusive relationships. If you have a mother that was abusive, it can be a hard time for you to relate to a woman in marriage, 
or to relate to a girlfriend or to a woman's mother. It's going to be hard. It's be hard for you to work for a female supervisor if you have a mother that was historically abusive to you. So you see, there's background. Find out what's going on. Why do people believe what they believe? Okay, that's number one, L in the Laura Method. Here's number two, A. Affirm with the first words out of your mouth that you share some principle or value with this person that you're talking to. Don't talk about a shared belief, but demonstrate that you understand and that you have that shared belief by using the I statement. You know, I also feel that way. I also understand what you're saying. I also have those particular uh, points of view. I also have those kind of background experiences that you've had. In other words, affirm. That's not being argumentative. That's just being affirming. It's just letting them know that you are on common ground. You walk the same steps they walked. You walk the same miles that they walked, perhaps. Look for that. Listen for that. Listen for the things that you have in common, that you can agree with, that you can share something in common with. And affirm them for that by saying, you know, I can understand that. I can understand your point of view. I can understand why you feel the way you feel. I can understand the strength and the strong feelings that you have. Because, you know, I've had some similar experiences like that. And when you can come to that level, you've listened to understand. And you're willing to now express that you, in a way, can affirm them for how they think about something. Not about everything, not about all things, but about something that they were just talking about. That's L.A. Here's the Laura Method R. Respond with a direct answer to the concerns expressed. You know, sometimes people will just ask you a question. Okay, now you're on the spot. By not dodging the question and not dodging the issue, you show that you respect the other person. And you show that you are not afraid of their opinions. Now, that's very important. You see, there comes a point in a discussion where you need to respond. Because they all ask you a question. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? Would you feel the same way that I feel? You know, and so on. They will ask you a direct question. you got to answer it. Whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them. You don't have to make up an answer. You don't have to pretend. Just give a simple, straight answer and let it go. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to argue it. You just want to make sure that you respond to the questions the other person asks of you. Let them know that you're not afraid of opinions. Let them know you're not afraid of points of view, even if they're different points of view. Let them know you're not afraid of them, even though they're emotional. And the Laura Method ends with another A. Here's what it says. Add some new facts. Or better yet, add something from your personal experience that gives some new information or a different point of view, a new perspective, if you will. In other words, share your own personal experience. Maybe you didn't have a father that was abusive, so you approach it differently. Maybe you were raised in a home that you were taught to be tolerant. Or maybe you were raised in a home that you were taught to overlook certain things and put focus on something that's important. You know, share that. Share some new fact. 
Share your own life. Share your own story. Share, share something of your own heart. Your own personal experience. See, that's not being argumentative. You're just saying, you know, my personal experience leads me to think this way. The way that I grew up leads me to think this way. The way my parents taught me and raised me and interacted in the home led me to think this way. See, that's a new fact. It's a new way of looking at things. It's a new perspective. It's a different perspective. The person you're talking to perhaps does not come from that kind of a background. It's okay. You're not going to say yours is better than theirs. All you're saying is that you had a little different way of coming to a point of view. You have a different way of coming to a position, coming to an opinion. See, that's the Laura method. Okay? Listen behind the words. Affirm. Find something you can affirm and agree on. Respond to any questions being asked of you directly. Don't be afraid. You don't have to go on and develop and argue them. You can just give your answer. And then lastly, add something new from your own personal life, your own personal experience. Your own personal experience speaks a lot. Not a textbook answer. It's not an argument from the lecture book that you might have read or an article you might have read. Just from your own personal experience, your own growth, your own development, your own childhood, your own parenting, your own family life. Share your story. Share how you feel. Share how you think. Share how your life has been changed. Share how your views have been changed because of certain experiences. That's the Laura method, okay? It's all... Civil discourse, to be sure. It happens all the time. We don't have to be afraid of it. Points of view, differences of opinion, it happens all the time. You don't have to be afraid of it. But we need to learn how to handle. We need to learn how to debate. We need to learn how to discuss. We need to learn how to handle conversation on which we have differences with people with whom we have differences. And you know you can do it. So, Hope that this has been helpful to you as you uh, look at this area of your life. And perhaps you'll find uh, that such situations and debate and discussion will be easier for you to handle in the future. Nice day with me and bye for now.